I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Welcome back, folks. Jay Pitts here with Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, what's up, man? How's it going? Dude, there's no easy way to say this. <laughs> there's not, is there? There is no no easy way to say this. No, and it, it, folks, I... I uh, I guess I'm speaking with a little bit of uh, in a little bit of uh, code there, but no, that's what I was really doing is leading into the topic for today's show. As yeah. I, I feel like I should be twisting my mustache right now, <laughs> but no, 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 no. There's there's no easy way to say this, Gabe. Tell tell our listeners what I mean by there's no easy way to say this. Well, this episode's been a long time coming because this is something that we talk about in our office a lot. This is a, this is a topic that gets a lot of airtime among our team members, but. We haven't really taken some time to dive into it on the show. What we're talking about is one simple skill that if you focus on developing this year will set you leagues ahead of your competition. One skill that most agents fail to develop or, or they have no desire to develop. And that skill is being able to effectively, keyword effectively, have difficult conversations with your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, there is no single differentiating factor that is more impactful in building a great business. Oh yeah. So, you know, if you, if you rewind a couple of weeks, we talked about efficiency. Okay. And, and efficiency is defined by, it's really hard to get people to, it's hard enough to get people to buy a house, Mm -hmm. right? You got to find the one. It's got to be, it's got to look right. It's got to be in the area. It's got to be the price range. It's got to be this, that they got the fear of missing out. Like they can't, that something else is going to come on the market better two days later. Like it's really hard to get someone to commit. Right. So efficiency means getting those offers accepted, but it also means holding them together once you have a transaction. You know, yeah. a lot of times people will take that knee jerk reaction and that opportunity to escape a transaction and, Having a difficult conversation, okay, when it needs to be had is a way to effectively hold those transactions together, ultimately doing what's right for the buyer. Right. Okay. Or the seller conversely. But yeah, having, having a difficult conversation is a skill that sets you apart. And I mean, and what you're talking about is how critical it is during the transaction, but also being able to have this conversation at the appropriate time can have a huge ripple effect after the transaction. Last week we talked about how to make sure you make a lasting impression so that your clients remember you and more importantly, so that they know, like, and trust you. And not every one of your clients is going to be perfect. Sometimes we deal with some more difficult than other clients. So we know that's true. Uh, Or some people just aren't the type of people that we gel with. But when some people have very fastly held preconceived notions that maybe could cause them trouble, it can be tempting to just let it slide and not mention it and just to cross your fingers and hope for the best. <clears throat> but if you want to do what's best for your clients, sometimes being able to have that conversation with them can be daunting because you're afraid of either losing a client or alienating them. Uh, when really being able to do this well can put you in better rapport and lead to future referrals, lead to future transactions and a better relationship overall. No, absolutely. And tense situations, what do they say? Pressure makes pearls, right? Right. So tense situations give you an opportunity when everything goes well and is rosy. Um, 
you may leave an impression on a client that you created those circumstances, but you really hadn't been tested. So those tense situations where you must have those difficult conversations, challenging conversations, tell people things they don't want to hear and do it effectively really, really like skyrockets your potential for creating a lasting impression and an impactful relationship, right? Which are the, which are the most supportive kind. It's the most supportive kind of relationships. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dig in. Well, well, let's do it. Let's bring everybody in for a second and make sure we're all on the same page. When we say difficult conversations, what, what are some examples of difficult conversations that you might have with your clients in the course of a transaction? Well, I mean, very simply put, um, you can kind of think about every, every single kind of sales opposition you may meet, right? And, and we all know that real estate sales is a different kind of sta- kind of sales. I often say that, um, home purchasing is not a process of selection. It's a process of elimination because of the, the logistics that go into it and, and, and how much it affects someone's daily lives. They very rarely end up selecting the perfect home. They select the perfect home from the options available within the time constraints. Right. So, you know, I know I bought my house nine years ago. Um, I might've had a more perfect home available to me and I, I'm probably closer to selecting than mm-hmm. I am eliminating. But the truth is, is I surveyed the options available within my time constraints and I selected one. Um, I think most buyers are that way. So any sales opposition, any, you know, traditional kind of, um, you know, resistance that is met is a potential difficult conversation, something that must be remedied by a qualified professional professional. So think on the listing side, if you're going to list someone's home, it could be something as simple as when to, when to go to market. It can be something as complex as, you know, pricing with a lot of variables at play. Yep. Um, but we, we certainly, or changing the price later on down the road, changing the price when you're already listed, what, what, what commission you charge and why, and what's the value attached and associated with all of that. Um, you know, any of those are potential difficult situations. It could be that the odor in the home is, you know, not appealing to prospective buyers and you're having to explain that to a seller who thinks their home is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It could be negotiating your commission <clears throat> as soon as you meet the person, you know, while you're trying to get their business, which makes it even more delicate because you want them to list with you. It could be not negotiating your commission <laughs> the second you meet them because mm-hmm. it's not fair to anyone involved to talk about commission before we talk about value. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, why do you need to know what the price is when you don't really know what the service is? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yep. So it sounds like you've been in this situation before. A million times. <laughs> yeah. So when you're up against somebody that seems, I, I don't want to use the word hard-headed, but I'm going to use the word hard-headed. So when you're up against somebody that, you know, they know what they want, they know what they think, and that's it. It can be very easy to look at a situation where it's like, what's one one point on my commission? You know, I get nothing if I don't list it today, so I might as well just bow out here and, and take what I can get. That's a very real, I mean, that's a very real I won't, temptation while you're taking a listing, but why is it important to stand your ground and what could you potentially gain beyond just one more point on your commission by standing your ground and, and trying to prove your value? Uh, by holding commission, what, what yeah. can you gain? Respect. Yeah, absolutely. Respect. Um, y- you, 
you transcend the service provided, right? Like, and, and what expectations of that service are when you, when you hold your ground, when you, when you have a difficult conversation, you know, really they're, they don't, the number's arbitrary, Gabe. I mean, we can talk about commission objections until the cows come home, right? The only thing that, um, and I know it's become sales cliche, but like price only matters in the absence of value, like that <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I saw the, uh, the broke agent. Are you familiar? Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. With like he, he and like the sunny side of real estate, like the, the industry, you know, fodder humor. Oh yeah. Humor fodder that that's out there. I think, you know, I saw him cracking on that very statement, you know, absence or price in absence of value, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the, the truth is that that people do look for value. They're looking for value, and all they're telling you when they don't like your commission percentage is that they don't feel like or they're not convinced that your services work. You haven't proved me yet. You haven't proved it yet. If I told you, Gabe, that I could get you 7% more for your house and I'm only going to charge 6 you're not going to argue with That's me. That's a no-brainer. If, yeah. I can be- if you believe it, there's no argument to be had. Sure. Right. And that's an expression of value. So it, objections, we're, we're, I think we're kind of, yeah, dance, I skirt, we're skirting around the issue here. Yeah. Okay. But the, the simple point is that having a difficult conversation effectively surrounding any objection, three, 360 degrees and anywhere in between it, within our industry, it helps you take control of a situation. Okay. So I talked about in our meeting this morning, the best salespeople take control of a situation. Okay. Um, their clients, when they know you're in control, they submit right to the process. Okay. So now we're talking about outcomes rather than process, but yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of different opportunities to have a difficult conversation. Well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of clear benefits. Why do you think that most agents are either unwilling or unable to do this effectively. Well, they're 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 unwilling because it makes them uncomfortable. The truth is, I mean, that's the truth. It's, yeah, they're uncomfortable, and they know they're not prepared. Okay, so and I think it's important what you said a minute ago. Prepared goes far beyond memorizing your list of objection handlers. I mean, we're not we're not talking about know the right words to say. It's about knowing how to say them and when to say them. It goes a lot farther than just knowing the right words. Absolutely. And this, we, we could go into NLP. We've touched on that numerous times. You know, uh, I think that we're going to probably save that for a later episode, but um, I really think that an agent's value is in how they make the client feel. Yeah. And, Having the difficult conversation effectively, knowing when to say, what to say, how to say, that that's where you that's where you really get to a place where the customer will submit to you and allow you to take full control of the situation. And the only way that they're capable of doing that is if they know you are credible. And they're in good hands. Yeah. So what do you say to our listeners that are getting nervous right about now? Because they hear you use words like submit to you and, and they hear you say like, take control of the situation. People that are afraid of getting into that boat, they're like, well, I don't want to steer my clients into something they don't want. That's, I mean, that's respectable and very honest. What is the difference between 
you know, steering someone into something that they didn't want to buy in the first place and being a trusted professional that's able to guide somebody. Well, you, you have to be careful. You have to be careful with the word steering because that there's actually a textbook yeah. definition of steering and that, um, leading, I think is probably a better word there, but sure. leading people in a direction, um, it, it's all about intent. Okay. So, and and I'll go back to some points I think I've made previously on this podcast where, Agents seem to be in one of two one of two camps, right? As far as the memories and the perception of the consumer, right? It's like you either have a realtor, have a realtor, like yeah. you've got a you have yeah. a realtor, mm-hmm. or you don't have a realtor, right? And you may have used a realtor. And, and but they're not your realtor. But they're not your realtor, right? You don't have one until you have one, and you don't have one until you know what it means to have one. Sure. And the truth is, my clients don't buy from anyone. They don't sell with anyone else. There's not a thought in their mind. I love them for that, okay? And part of that is the way I make them feel. They know, well, it's all about how I make them feel. It's about that lasting impression. We talked about not being good with with closing gifts, I've never been great at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I believe, what I can give my clients is the level of service that I provide. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can have the difficult conversation because I'm their agent. And I think what you're, <clears throat> I think what you're touching on is maybe the most important part of this. You said intent, which is a huge word. People are not stupid. So they can tell when your intent is to get them to just hurry up and buy so that you can cash your check. Yeah. Versus when your intent is to help them avoid a potentially nasty situation that you've seen before and you know how to guide them against, even if they're not familiar with it. Yeah. So, so here's what I'll say, Gabe. Um, my clients will go wherever I lead them because they know I'm listening to them. I, they, they know that I have internalized what their, their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish. And they will go wherever I lead them because my intent is pure. And my intent is to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, buyers and sellers that have a realtor, I emphasize the word have, have a realtor. Yeah. They typically know that the intent of that realtor is pure. Mm-hmm. And those that don't have a realtor, they're the ones with the resistance that are hesitant to be led because they don't have a realtor. Yeah. They haven't built that level of trust. They haven't submitted themselves to the process and put themselves in, in the care of a professional much the way they would put themselves, submit to a surgeon. Right. That, that's performing a delicate procedure that, that where their health lies in the balance. Like, and, and I don't mean to, you know, compare what I do as to life threatening, but it's a huge financial decision. Absolutely. And, and I don't even want to be cliched about that. The biggest thing you'll ever buy. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is. And, and financial ruin can ensue if it's done improperly. But, um, I, I require that sort of submission in order to help my clients achieve their goals. And literally they, they look at me wide eyed when something rough happens and said, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And me being in control of that situation says, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Or here's what I say. And we pay close attention to that we because I'm taking ownership. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you have difficult conversations, Gabe. Yeah. It, it's purely that simple. And I don't mean to not be so tactical. There are certainly ways and, and, you know, ways and means to 
have a difficult conversation more effective tactically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always go back to the LIMS method of solving any objection. Yeah. L-I-M-S. Listen, isolate, mirror, solve. Yeah. Listen, isolate, mirror, solve. You know, um, some people say repeat, acknowledge, solve. You know, things like that, like cadence of communication that helps soften the blow, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, because no one wants someone to be anxious needlessly. Yeah. I'm in control. That's the key. Like strip all the rest of this away. I'm in control. There's nothing I can't handle. There's nothing I haven't seen. There's nothing I can't protect you from. And something that, I mean, even if I only knew, I mean, I know you pretty well, but even if all I knew from you was from this podcast, it'd be pretty easy to pick on, pick up on the fact that you don't struggle with taking authority in these situations and that you're the type of person that is ready to take these things head on. Now, Now, I know we've got some listeners that are great agents that have success, but are perhaps conflict averse or they're not necessarily uh, front seat, take the wheel type of personalities. People people can make a lot of money and still struggle with taking authority. So what would you say for someone like that that feels like they're at a disadvantage just because of their disposition? How can they really take hold onto this and turn it into something that transforms their business? I mean, personality profiles are a thing. It's a real deal thing. Like we are made up biologically. You know, we are composed, each and every one of us, very differently. We are predisposed to being good at one thing and not being good at another. But it doesn't mean that you can't improve your skill set, right, to allow you to address issues. And I think the truth is there's no way around it. If you are at a disadvantage, you have to work that much harder. You have to place that much more emphasis. Yeah. You have to practice putting yourself in an uncomfortable place. You know, I've we are sponges as realtors, okay? And I think this is a quality that we all pretty much – adopt when we get in this industry and that's that we soak up the energy that is put out by our clients. Definitely. Okay. You know, I don't know about you, man, but I go home some nights feeling physically ill when someone's catching a raw deal. Right. Um, you know, I can protect them. I can't keep everyone else from treating them badly, but I can make sure that they come out as clean as they could, but I still in the process absorb all that angst and all that upset and anxiety. And it's hard. Yeah. Okay. So if you are that type of person that that really has, you know, takes an emotional toll on, or you just really don't like conflict or you're, you're averse to those kind of things. You really just have to work at it, work at it and work at it and work at it and work at it because there's no better. I mean, there's no way there's no way to avoid it in this business. I mean, even, even if you're not in this business, life is full of situations like this. Absolutely. That present opportunities to develop in your own personal experience, Gabe, tell me this, do problems get better or worse when avoided? Uh, worse always 100% Always. 100% of the time. Right. Yeah. So having a plan, Taking control of the situation, addressing the issue, and doing it expeditiously—that—that that ensures your best possible outcome. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I mean, that's 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 where my head is on it. Well, let me take this. Let me get a little bit more specific. We touched on it in the beginning, but started to go a different direction. A lot of what we talked about so far sounds like it's geared towards the client that needs to be led and how to take charge and lead when you're afraid to to take that. I want to, this doesn't happen as often. And most of our agents that have a lot of success and are more discerning agents know that you don't have to work with every client that you meet. Sometimes 
sometimes it's not the right relationship for you to be in professionally with a client that butts heads with you. But I want to talk more about what you do when you're in an actual conflict, maybe even an argument with a client, a client that believes something that is that you need to challenge in order for them to move forward and get what they want. And they are taking that challenge directly at you. I mean, what do you do in that situation? Someone that has no problem challenging your authority. It sounds like the first person was the lamb that needs to be led. And maybe this next person is the bull that they want to be in the driver's seat and they don't necessarily appreciate you wanting to be in charge. Okay. So this is something I think about a lot. Okay. And, and I, I mean, I've, you've heard me say it, I'm sure. What's, what's the best thing to do with a bully? Punch them right in the nose. Punch them right in the nose. <laughs> so, so when someone, and I'm not saying my clients are bullies, okay? No. And I'm not saying I represent a lot of. You don't have to work with a bully. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't represent a bunch of, you know, folks that don't appreciate. I mean, that, that's the luxury of being where I am in my business. Yeah. I don't have to put up with that. Yeah. You pick and choose. I pick and choose. But for, for the agents out there that find themselves, um, obligated. They're still building the bedrock of their business. Building the bedrock of their business. And they've got, and they've got that, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred million, million dollar client, right? Makes a real impact in their, and maybe they're not like a whole, a pain the whole time, but there's this one thing that they can't get past. And and that's fine. You, You know, I think you have to stand your ground. I think you have to stand your ground. You have to empathize with the thoughts of the other person, regardless of how forceful they are or, I mean, there's a chink in that armor somewhere, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, there's something there that causes them to be this forceful about this issue or whatever. I think you have to empathize, but I think you have to be, um, maybe not quite as forceful as they are. Mirroring and matching is, is effective in this, in this situation. That's an NLP tech technique where you match the tone. You match the language pattern, okay? Um, you match the body language if in person, um, the volume. A lot of those things, you mirror and match the person who you're at conflict with, okay, to help them understand that you understand where they are. And then you empathize verbally, okay, help them understand that you know where they are. Mm-hmm. But then you have to almost, maybe not quite, because you don't want to run the risk of being uh, argumentative, confrontational, confrontational, yeah. or argumentative, but near within a fraction of the level, the, the amount of spirit they, they communicate with, communicate your own assertions, your own truths, mm-hmm. the things that you know, and, and remind them that you are the professional. Absolutely. You know, you know, Gabe, I know you're an attorney. Okay. So when it pertains to the law and I don't mean to, sorry, I break character there for a minute. I don't mean to, <laughs> char- I don't, I don't mean to, uh, characterize attorneys as difficult real estate clients. Sure. But let's assume that I'm someone that's very well educated and I have no problem standing you, by my own opinion. And you happen to be an attorney. Okay. <laughs> but Gabe, I know you're an attorney and as it pertains to the law, you're well versed and I would never ever, you know, um, presume to be as, as well versed in the law as you, as you happen to be, you know, but with this situation with real estate, okay, you, engaged me for my resume, my professionalism, my, my past experience. And what I'm telling you in this situation, ABC is going to happen. And we, we should do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay. Reminding them that, that you're the professional and they chose you for a reason. Mm -hmm. Okay. You didn't get lucky that they're working with you. 
Don't act like it. Yeah. Okay. They are working with you because of who you are. And when you assume that position, whether they believe it or not, they will become a believer. And notice that if you didn't have to flex and you didn't have no. to be pompous about it, you don't have to say, well, you know, I've sold this many homes in the last year. And if you don't care about what I have to say, then, you know, good luck. Yeah, I probably no. wouldn't even say resume as I did just here. But well, sure. My point but is it's like you brought me here for a reason. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here I'm, to deliver I'm here for a reason. The expertise. Yeah. You know, there's there. You wouldn't have hired me. You're a smart guy, Gabe. And you wouldn't have hired me if I didn't know what I was doing. And maybe the most important thing about this is if you're, if you're really, if you're someone that's listening and you have a client in mind right now and right after you stop listening to this, maybe you need to call them. But if you're thinking, you know, I'm afraid to have that conversation because I might lose them as a client. If you don't already have a level of trust where they see you as a competent professional who they need in order to get the job done, you don't have them as a client. You can't lose them because they, you don't have them. If they, if you don't have that trust relationship built, you have nothing to lose. Absolutely not. Now, I, I, so I talked in our meeting this morning, okay, about uh, a book that I'm listening to on Audible right now. And I, yep. didn't, I didn't quote in the meeting what, what the book was. I'm sure you're wondering. But it's The Way of the Wolf by Jordan, Jordan mm, Belfort. Yeah. Okay, do you – and I, I saw this. Okay, so, so, yeah. so it, it's one of those things that I debated, but I read a lot of reviews and it got some good. And I thought, you know what? The movie was entertaining. Like, let's let's – if if nothing else, it's, it'll be entertaining. Sure. Um, but his straight line sales method is actually makes a ton of sense. He he distills down and simplifies the entire sales process. Um, and it, it's really kind of interesting how he taught a lot of like really uneducated salespeople to be really good salesmen. Um, but he says that a couple of things like you have four seconds to make a first impression, and then it takes eight encounters after the first impression to overcome a bad impression, a bad first impression. Wow. And in a sales situation, you very seldom get nine interactions, especially when the first one is bad. So basically it underscores the importance of the first impression. But he, he says that there are a couple of things that matter in a first impression. Okay. One is enthusiasm. Okay. Okay. Two is the perception of intelligence. Are you sharp? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so enthusiasm and perception of perception intelligence. of intelligence. And the third is, are you influential in your industry? That's a good okay. one. Okay. Are you influential in your industry? And the truth is, Gabe, having a difficult conversation is nothing more than building rapport. Rapport is about that first impression. And I think above all else, the influence part. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not, if you're a, an intelligent person, I'm not going to be allowed to influence your decisions unless you think I'm worth it. Yeah. And that's how you have a difficult conversation. And I think a lot of people, it's like you said, they might be, they may be worried that someone will think all they care about is getting paid when they've tried to talk to someone that forcefully. The truth is if you aren't doing, if you aren't having that kind of conversation, you're not doing your job for that client. You're not providing the level of no. service that you promise. And sometimes it could be as simple as telling a client, listen, I won't be doing my job unless I tell you this. And I want all of my clients to reach this level. I mean, by not saying something, you may be communicating that you care more about completing the deal than getting what's best for them. Absolutely. Conventional wisdom, man. Yeah. <laughs> Out the window. Yep. No, it, it, um, there's, there's no, there's no hope of staying in rapport. Okay. It's, I mean, maybe you stay in rapport in the short term. Like, I, what, what do I tell people when I, when I, have to break the bad news that they think they're, I've been, they've, they've, they've interviewed three other agents. Everybody else is telling them 
a pie in the sky price. Yeah. Okay. I'm going into a bad situation that I really have no control over because they think their house is worth more than it is. And I'm the one, the one professional who's willing to have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd rather be the goat today than the goat in six months when your house hasn't sold. Mm, so true. After wasting six months of your time and six months worth of my time and money and marketing mm-hmm. and effort. Because Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I don't need another listing. I'm not here to put my sign in your yard. Do you want your home listed or do you want it sold? Yeah. Period. Point blank. End of story. Such a great question. It, it is. And it and it's, it, I mean, honestly, if there's nothing you get out of today's episode, use that question in your next listing appointment. Yeah. Okay. If you have, if you have a, an inventory of listings and a business that justifies this, say, just look at them square in the eye and say, folks, I don't need another sign in a yard. Okay. I don't need any more practice. Okay. I'm here to get mm-hmm. results because I know you want your home sold. You don't just want it listed or some variation of that. But Sign here, please. <laughs> press hard. There's four copies. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you get nothing else out of this episode, please use that line. Yep. Definitely. Well, I mean, that's about, that's about all I've got for you today. I just think that it's so important that people realize that they could be leaving money on the table by not talking to their clients and having that uncomfortable encounter. You know, they could be losing deals. They could be losing future business. They could be losing rapport. You know, by by doing something that they feel will be uncomfortable for the moment, and it may be, but it will actually turn into more business for them in the future. Professionals, Gabe, set expectations, okay? They set expectations so that they can deliver results, okay? People that are less than professional, leave it to chance. Yeah. They take orders, okay? They, they jump and run. They you know, succumb to the ill-informed decisions of a consumer that really, really is begging to be educated. They're begging to be educated. And that's really all we're talking about here. Okay. Having a difficult conversation is educating someone in something that they didn't expect to be, to be educated in. They want to do it right. They don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to figure out the hard way. That's what you're here for. Yeah. Okay. So teach them, teach them, even if it's hard, Trust me, it will pay dividends. Absolutely. Financially. True. Yeah. Financial dividends for both the client and for yourself as an agent. Absolutely. Well, that's about it for today. Uh, But listen, if you're one of our listeners and you've got a story you want to tell us about, we want to hear from you. Also, if you were thinking of somebody during this entire episode, like I said, go and talk to them this week and then tell us how it went. We want to hear what happened as a result of you actually employing this in your business. If you're thinking about an agent in your office that needs to hear this, text them the link to this podcast. Yes, please. Please do. Okay, let's raise the bar. Okay, our industry, we've talked in prior episodes, our industry is riddled with agents that are not qualified, capable, or willing to have this conversation. Clients deserve better. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, take a leg up on your competition by beating them to this one. Absolutely. To to all of your fellow agents who aren't listening, go ahead and use it against them for a while before you send them the link. (laughs) No, send them the link now. And just trust that they probably won't listen to it. There you go. That's probably more accurate. (laughs) All right. That's it for today, folks. Remember, head over to www.resourcepodcast.net where we'll have the notes for this episode and you can get in touch with us directly. Uh, But if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. I'm Gabe Pruitt. This is Jay Pitts. This has been Resource Real Talk about real estate. We'll be back next time. Next time, folks.